daughter were talking about names this morning because my, my daughter, it, her, uh, with, everyone knows her as, as Tali, but her, her, her given name is Naphtali, uh, which is taken from one of the uh, biblical tribes of uh, Israel, which she, she loves us for. She really does. <laughs> she really loves us for that. And, uh, but we call her Tali, and she says, um, um, we were talking about my, I said, well, that's your name. I says, your, your, your nan, uh, my mother, um, everyone calls her Steph. But that's not her given name. Her given name is Stefida, right? Is it, I bet that means nothing to anyone here, does it? Right. Well, if it, well I'll, I won't test Brother Ken at the back there, but for, um, in Jamaica, which pray for Jamaica, because there were some earthquakes earlier this week. Um, one of the uh, sort of folk uh, stories of kids was a Nancy the Spider. And Nancy the Spider had uh, uh, some sisters. And uh, one of the sisters was called uh, Stefida. And the other sister was called Chevrolet. So my, two, my aunt and my mother are, are named after those two spider sisters. <laughs> and uh, so names are important. And then, so my mother, who re- rejected all that, decided to call me Kevin. great and uh, well it, it wasn't my grand my, my dear departed grand who, who named it. it's my granddad now my granddad who has been gone for a few years now gone to be the lord he used to be a minister well he was until he, until he passed in the wesleyan holiness church that's a proper denomination folks <laughs> and that's where our brother cassius comes from today and the Wesleyan Honest Church, and I've still got some, some family members in that. So he's going to come and bring the word of God to us, but also give us some practical stuff as well. So shall we welcome Cassius? Come on, folks. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you, and uh, thank you for your, uh, your welcome and for your worship this morning. It's, um, it's great to feel at home. I don't know whether you've any, ever gone anywhere and you don't feel welcome, don't feel comfortable to relax. I, I really felt God's presence here and, and I felt just, yeah, this is, I could be here regularly. We'll talk to the Wesleyan Holiness Church. Huh? Um, I should also talk to your daughter afterwards because um, you got away with Kevin and you've asked me to explain about the significance of, of my name. Most of you in here look as if you're too young to remember Cassius Clay. Uh, my dad was, was a boxing fan uh, before Cassius changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Um, I got the name and I just wanted to be a Kevin or a James <laughs> or a John. Um, but I've, I've grown to love my name uh, and it's, it's great to be able to share with you uh, this morning. I, um, I work for this organisation, as you can see in the, the top left-hand corner there, the Just Finance Foundation. Um, so my job as a minister is to support churches who are helping uh, individuals who are struggling with issues to do with finance. Uh, and that's what I'd like to uh, talk to you a little bit about this, this morning, if that's okay. I know that people can get a little bit worried when they hear in church, let's talk about money. Ushers, please close the doors. <laughs> we don't want anybody rushing out. Um, 
In all seriousness, I did hear that there was a church in, in London that the minister wanted to raise a certain amount, and he closed the doors. He locked the congregation in until they'd raised the money. I haven't had that instruction from Kevin or from Joe this morning, so you can rest assured. The scriptures that I'm going to be reading just as touch points uh, for this, uh, this sermon are in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 45, and in 2 Peter uh, verses one, uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And I'm going to be reading from the New International Version today. I have asked for uh, some volunteers to join me. Um, there should be four of them dotted around. So if I gave you a card at the start, I'm going to invite you to, to come up now. Don't all look at me with blank faces. There were four. Um, they, might, they might be worried because actually they didn't volunteer. I asked Vicky to help me with this, and I think she just pounced on people as they walked through the door this morning. Um, we've produced uh, this set of cards called Jesus Money, and they have a series of questions on them just to stimulate some discussion, some thinking um, about, about, about issues to do with finance. Now, the, I've, I've reassured them that there aren't any right or wrong answers, and we're going to be encouraging, aren't we, church? Yes. Kevin's going to be encouraging. We're going to be encouraging, aren't we, church? Yes. Yeah? Just as you've welcomed me and encouraged me, I want you to encourage them as well, because there aren't any right or wrong answers to this. Have you still got your card? I have in my pocket. Yeah. Oh, good. That's, that's a relief. I'll do a trick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to read your yeah. question for us? Is it, is it shameful to have ended up in debt? And uh, I feel my answer is no, it's not, because um, I, I was in debt for nearly 15 years in the late 90s, all the 2000s, just through supporting family, really. And uh, my advice is if you are in debt, don't get in debt, you know. Um, and if you are, seek advice as soon as possible, because people are probably like Cassius who can help you. Bless you. Okay. Thank you very much. You. That's Bob. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And Jean? Okay. Uh, it says on the card, does having less money make you closer to God or trust him more? Well, it's funny that is actually because a few years back now, someone I, I really loved owed me some money. And it became something that I'd got to have and I wouldn't let go of it. And the one day, I was still ranting and raving and trying to get ready for work. I was combing my hair, and I looked in the mirror. And suddenly, I found that God was speaking to me, and he said, is the money more of more value to you than I am? Right. At that, I wept, as most people would, <laughs> and realized that if you make money an idol, then it's taken away. However, I am involved in a ministry that is actually was birthed in this church uh, called Jacob's Well Coffee House, and God just keeps throwing money into it. We keep giving it away, and God keeps filling the coffers. Amen. Bless yeah. you. Okay. Thank you, Jane. Okay. Rumby? Yes. <laughs> My question is, is it wrong to buy luxuries? Um, 
this one I'm guilty of. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I think, I, I think it's okay to buy luxuries as long as it's within your means. Um, but I think the difficulty comes where luxuries now become necessities when they really aren't. Mm -hmm. So handbags, shoes, mm -hmm. clothes, things yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And then you're not necessarily well, you taking... To my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we both need deliverance, maybe. <laughs> so it's because I think it all adds up. It, it starts off with I'm treating myself with this and then I'm treating myself. By mm -hmm. the time it's December, you treated yourself to Lots. quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. So... Okay. Yeah. All right, bless you. Thank you. <laughs>
to share a story. If you can go to the next slide for me. This is, um, I'm a Facebook user. Uh, this is a story that I saw on Facebook about a year ago um, that went viral. I still don't know what viral means, but I'm presuming it means it was really popular and lots of people read about it. Oh, that's the Transforming Communities team. Next one. There we go. Essence Evans. I make my five-year-old pay rent. You can imagine why this went viral. Oh, that's cruel, isn't it? Terrible. <laughs> Every week, she gets $7, so it's in America, $7 in allowance. But I explained to her that in the real world, most people spend most of their paycheck on bills with little to spend on themselves. So I make her give $5 back. One pound for one dollar for rent, one dollar for water, one for electricity, one for cable, and one for food. The other two dollars she gets to save or to do what she wants with. Now what she doesn't know is that the five dollars is actually going away in her savings account, which will give her something back when she turns 18. So if she decides to move out on her own, she will have over $3,000 to start off. This strategy not only prepares your child for the real world, but when they see how much real bills are, then they will appreciate you giving them a huge discount. <laughs> Share this on your timeline for another mother to see. It did make me think about my first lessons in learning about money. And I'd wished maybe that my parents had told me a bit more. Maybe not that they'd charged me rent, because I think myself, my brother and my sister would have kicked up a bit of a stink. There, there's something interesting about the social media, and I recognize this myself. I will read the headlines, and if it's something that doesn't really interest me, I won't read much further. And so I can make a decision just on what's said in the initial line. But actually, I think there are some important lessons in what Essence is trying to teach her daughter. The value of, of finance and just recognising that money doesn't just grow on trees. And as my nieces, who are, are living with us currently when it was coming up to Christmas, we're just flicking through the Argus catalogue, because still do that, and just ticking off what they expect to get without any recognition or thinking about how much it's actually going to cost. I was reminded of coming home from school, and our house was in candlelight in South Birmingham. Um, my mum told me, as I recall, I was about five or six years old, that uh, it wasn't anybody's birthday, but we were having a party. I now know that they'd run out of money for the electric and they didn't want to tell me. There are some things that are important to teach our children from a young age. We try and do some of that work with just finance in terms of the values that we try and instill. The recognition that actually this is not separate to our faith. And I want to go into sharing some of why that is important with you. So I don't know if paying rent at a young age would have guaranteed 
a different attitude for me, but I'd have certainly learned something more about the value of money. See, I've grown up in a world where there can be a sense of entitlement. When my mobile starts to look as if it's getting a bit battered, I can wait because I know that the upgrade is coming soon. Figures from Oxfam show that the richest 62 people in the world own as much as the poorest 3.5 billion, half of the world's population. It might seem difficult to understand on a global scale, but even in this country, the the Financial Conduct Authority found that 50% of UK consumers show one or more characteristics of financial vulnerability. One in six adults living in problem debts. Two in five working people having less than £100 savings. So if the washing machine breaks down or, or the boiler does or you get a parking fine as I recently did, then it can hurt. It can hurt if you don't have that cushion to fall back on. I wish that I'd paid more attention to my nan. Uh, My nan is from the Caribbean, the beautiful island of St. Kitts, actually. And um, my nan had 10 children, 10 children. She had to leave some of them in the Caribbean when she was coming to this country, but she was able to send for them, her and my grandfather, She wasn't rich, but she seemed to be wise with her money. She never seemed to have to worry about the bailiffs coming to the door or or the red letters as I have, or even needing to dip into the overdraft facility. I'm sure that there are many people in this country who have similar values that are born out of the ration of the war years in difficult times. And let me be clear, I don't want to say this to make anybody feel uncomfortable about debt. You may understand, as as I have, when I started to struggle, when I was married for the first time and lost my job and and was out of work for, for six months, I found that actually I didn't want to talk to anybody. I found that it was easier for me to hide rather than to admit where I needed help. I didn't want to answer the phone. I just wanted to avoid the letters. My mental health suffered. But as um, Bob has shared, there is help available. Um, We like to try and be part of that help through the work that we do and through the support that we offer to churches. So why should we bother about this as followers of Jesus? Well, firstly, Jesus talks a lot about money. And we know that that, unfortunately, has been abused by a lot of churches as well. People who will want to promote the gospel in a particular way. Uh, So you see the ministers driving around in the big cars. Nothing wrong with a big car. But those in the congregation really struggling. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, do not store up treasures for yourselves on earth, 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It's said that 11 of Jesus's 39 or 40 parables focus some way on finance. So he had a lot to say about it. If we go to the first scripture, please, uh, Genesis 15. Within the Bible, uh, actually money is raised and uh, discussed over 800 times. It tells us that we should be wise stewards. And actually from this second chapter of Genesis, the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. There's an early message about taking care of of the resources that God has blessed us with, to cultivate it and to guard it well, not to exploit or to waste or to spoil, but to care for what we have and use the things in the service of God and man. Isn't it ironic that those who often have the least are the best stewards of what they have? Myself and Vanessa were able to work in in Haiti for a few years, um, reportedly one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. As I picture the children who don't all have the opportunity to go to school, um, I was always amazed that they would come out of homes that wouldn't necessarily have electricity, wouldn't necessarily have running water, but they were spick and span, ready to go to school, ready to learn. They were people who taught me a lot about how to hold on in terms of their faith. In a way that kind of spoke to me and said, wow, there's so much that I just take for granted. So much more to learn. I read this morning that there is... uh, a charity in Stoke-on-Trent that has gained some uh, traction in the press because they've said that parents are coming to them where um, the, the charity was set up to support the children. I think it's called the Nappy Project. And what it was saying is that, that we're seeing families come to us and they're eating the donated baby food because they don't have anything else to eat in their homes. That's in this country. Um, We're not talking about a developing part of the world. We see in Warsaw, and I know that this church donates to the food banks, an increase in the use of our food banks locally. And this is a huge concern for us at a time when we are hearing and we are seeing that there is a sense of, of more prosperity that people are struggling. So what does this mean for us as a church and a church that values that spirit of generosity? I think we can learn something from the earliest uh, Christian believers in Acts chapter 2. If you can go to the next one for us. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Is this a familiar passage to you? Have you read this 
a number of times, as I have. Let's just look at a few verses there. Acts chapter 2. So we have the coming of the Holy Spirit. We have Peter addressing the crowd. And then we have the fellowship of believers from verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Do you notice how alongside the signs and wonders that the people who were looking on in the community around were impressed by how the Christians took care of each other and their local community? We can be so obsessed sometimes about the inside. But there's something about these verses about the early church that impressed on the people who were looking around how much they cared, how much they took care of each other. As I reflected um, yesterday in this training that I went to, we were asked to, to focus on how Jesus spent his time and as an example to the churches, we were given these, these three ideas that, that Jesus went up to the mountain to spend time with his father in, in solitude. So there is the, the upward nature of how Jesus spent his time. But then secondly, there was that sense of that inward gathering when he came down from the mountain, gathering his disciples with him. And it's about more than 50% of the time that he spent with those disciples, those close to him. But there's also then the going out. Jesus engaged in mission, in healing, in preaching, in teaching. And as I said, as churches and as this church, as you pursue your vision, there will be increasing pressures around the resources that you have and how to allocate them wisely. And finally, in 2 Peter 1, verses 5 through 7, a letter to the growing Christian community from the Apostle Paul. Make every effort to add to your faith and to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love. One of the local credit unions has translated that, those verses like this. Self-awareness is about our emotionality and, and money. 
So the recognition that actually we can spend a lot of our, on ourselves throughout the year and wonder what happens when it comes to December. You're not alone. <laughs> Self-control, del delaying gratification, motivation, a higher purpose and integrity, empathy, love for thy neighbor, nurturing relationships, caring for each other. There's a young girl called Ellie. She's age seven. Ellie has been called Ellie the Angel because every Sunday in Southampton, she delivers food parcels with her mum around the city. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So I don't want you to take away from this sermon about charging your five-year-old's rent. And please don't take it as a lecture against professional success, financial security, or personal property. But I hope that it has helped you to maybe reflect on your own learning and own circumstances about finance and also as we pray for our leaders going forward about the decisions that they will have to make in line with the mission and vision of this church. So can I encourage you to be good stewards as we are taught from Genesis chapter 2? Can I encourage you to remember that as part of our witness alongside the signs and wonders and miracles that we pray for, the community around us will be impressed by the way that we take care of each other and those who are outside. And can I encourage you as reminded in Second Peter to foster a healthy attitude to money as part of our Christian lifestyle. Let's pray. There will be an opportunity at the end if anyone um, would like to pray or, or I will be around. If anyone wants to speak to me, I won't be disappearing quickly. But as we're encouraged to talk about money, if you are struggling today, can I encourage you to, to reach out early? Speak to someone. Don't suffer in silence. Heavenly Father, you created and cherish us all. Yeah, we know that many struggle with debt and money problems that dominate our lives across this country. Strengthen the church to change this pattern, particularly this church at Junction 10 and its leaders. Bless the work of all those who are in this area so that we can bring your peace into lives of those who are struggling.
Make this church a vessel of your hope. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.